We read from scripture, Luke 2, verses 10 through 11. The angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. Today, we relight the candle of expectation and hope, recalling God's promise. We relight the candle of preparation and peace, recalling God's, remembering the voice crying in the wilderness, urging the people to prepare the way of the coming Lord. And we relight the candle of proclamation and joy, reminding us of the joy found in him. Now we light the candle of revelation and peace. We celebrate the announcement of the coming king and the greatness of God's love revealed through the Christ child. Let us pray. Father, we thank you for revealing yourself through Jesus. And we praise you for the greatness of your love. Help us to share your peace with others and to live our lives more like Christ every day. In his name we pray. Amen. Rejoice, rejoice. We continue with our opening hymn, number 25, Rejoice, Rejoice, Believers.
do gather together for worship this morning in the name of God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Almighty God, to whom all hearts are open, all desires known, and from whom no secrets are hid, cleanse the thoughts of our hearts by the inspiration of your Holy Spirit, that we may perfectly love you and worthily magnify your holy name through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves, and the truth is not in us. But if we confess our sins, God, who is faithful and just, will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Most merciful God, we confess before you and in the presence of this community that we have sinned against you in thought, word, and deed by what we have done and by what we have left undone. We have not loved you with our whole heart. We have not loved our neighbors as ourselves. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, have mercy on us. Forgive us, renew us, and lead us, so that we may delight in your will and walk in your ways to the glory of your holy name. Amen. In the mercy of Almighty God, Jesus Christ was given to die for you, and for his sake, God forgives you all your sins. To those who believe in Jesus Christ, he gives the power to become the children of God and bestows on them the Holy Spirit. Amen. And now the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And also with you. In peace, in peace, let us pray to the Lord. Lord, have mercy. For the peace of the world from above and for our salvation, let us pray to the Lord. For the peace of the whole world, for the well-being of the Church of God, and for the unity of all, let us pray to the Lord. For this holy house and for all who offer here their worship and praise, let us pray to the Lord. Help, save, comfort, and defend us, gracious Lord. This is the peace of victory for our God. Alleluia.
The Lord be with you. Let us pray. Almighty God, you have filled us with the new light of the Word who became flesh and lived among us. Let the light of our faith shine in all that we do. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, our Lord, who lives and reigns with you and the Holy Spirit, one God, now and forever. Amen. Please be seated.
Our first reading from God's Word, chosen for this fourth Sunday in Advent, is from 1 Kings chapter 8, beginning with verse 27. The reading begins on page 359 of your Red Bibles. At the dedication of the temple, King Solomon offers a magnificent prayer. In this passage, he acknowledges that the dwelling place of God is in heaven, and yet he prays that God would attend to the prayers of his people when they call to him from the temple, the place where God has chosen for his name to dwell. 1 Kings chapter 8, verses 27 through 30. But will God really dwell on earth? The heavens, even the highest heaven, cannot contain you. How much less is this temple I have built? Yet give attention to your servant's prayer and his plea for mercy. Lord, my God, hear the cry and the prayer that your servant is praying in your presence this day. May your eyes be open toward this temple night and day. Prayer your servant prays toward the pl this place. Hear the supplication of your servant and of your people Israel when they pray toward this place. Hear from heaven your dwelling place, and when you hear, forgive. Here ends the first reading for today. Our next reading is from Paul's letter to the Colossians, chapter 1, beginning at verse 15. The reading begins on page 1,233. In this passage, the Apostle Paul states that Jesus is the manifestation of God on earth. He created all things and holds all things together. He is the great redeemer and the powerful peacemaker. Colossians chapter 1, chapter, uh, verses 15 through 20. He is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn over all creation, for by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. And he is the head of the body. He is the beginning and the firstborn among the dead, so that in everything he might have supremacy. For God was pleased to have all his fullness dwell in him, and through him to reconcile to himself all things, whether things on earth or things in heaven, by making peace through his blood shed on the cross. Here ends our second reading. gospel for today according to St. John, the first chapter, beginning with the first verse. The Holy Gospel according to St. John. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through him all things were made. 
Without him, nothing was made that has been made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, but the darkness has not understood it. There came a man who was sent from God. His name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light, so that through him all men might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. He came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who received him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. John testifies concerning him. He cries out, saying, This was he of whom I said, He who comes after me has surpassed me, because he was before me. From the fullness of his grace we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. No one has ever seen God, but God, the one and only, who is at the Father's side, has made him known. This is the gospel of our Lord. Please be seated. Dearly beloved of God, grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God our Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus the Christ. Amen. It is arguably one of the greatest overtures of all time, this text before us this morning. It sets the stage and prepares the way for all the characters who will step onto it. As the evangelist John narrates the story of our Lord Jesus the Christ. In these opening verses, the gospel writer will introduce topics and themes he will flesh out more fully as the gospel unfolds. Consider these 18 verses an overview. The first sounding of a song that will echo and reverberate through the valleys as we wind and wind our way down from the heights of heaven, down through the ravines that lead to the river Jordan, and up the hills to the cross at Calvary, where the work of Christ will be completed. John opens with the words, in the beginning. This opening phrase is an echo in and of itself. For these words, as we all know, harken back to the opening pages of scripture, to Genesis 1.1, to the divine mysterium, to the origins of space and time, of creation and humanity. For the story that John tells is a story for all time and for all people. It is a story both cosmic and local, collective and individual, far-reaching and personal. 
for the splash that Jesus will make in the pool of time and humanity will ripple out into all directions and unto the farthest edges and will leave nothing untouched. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through him, and without him was not anything made that was made. In him was life, and the life was the light of men. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness has not overcome it. From the cosmic to the cradle, from the vast sweep of eternity to present day, the wide-angle lens is replaced with one that would provide greater focus. And our attention shifts from the immortal to the immemorial to the present day, from the planets to a person, as one who fulfills the prophecies of seers before him takes center stage. There came a man, Scripture says, who was sent from God, his name was John. This John is not the evangelist himself, not the writer of this. This John is the one we are most familiar with referring to as the Baptist. But here, his role is different. In this gospel, John is not the Baptist per se. He is the witness. He came, the writer says, as a witness to testify concerning that light. Witness and testimony. These are but a few of the key words in this gospel, and they well remind us of a courtroom scene. Indeed, our minds are being prepared to evaluate, to weigh the evidence that is brought before us, and we will be encouraged to act upon what we see to respond to what, we will, what will come into view, to be moved by the light that will reveal things to us. And soon the author will make clear that those he summons to the witness stand are called for a clear and designated purpose, to persuade you to believe in Jesus, to move you to throw your lot in with him, the author's intent is that you will listen to these words and receive them as truth with a capital T. Of John the witness, he writes, he came as a witness to testify to the light that through him all men might believe. The true light that gives light to every man was coming into the world. But alas, this light that comes into the darkness is interpreted as an alien presence, and yet the darkness will not prevail. It would of necessity be profoundly and unalterably affected by the presence of this light. Although the light was not recognized, it was nonetheless powerful and victorious. He came as a witness to testify to the light that through him all men might believe. This is the hoped-for response to the light and presence of God in our midst. Believing 
is all about relationship. And all humanity is invited, encouraged, persuaded to take part, to believe in this one whom the Father has sent, the one who has come to reveal the very heart of God, the true light that gives light to every man and woman was coming into the world. The witness is clear. The testimony is true. The person of God has landed. The presence of the Almighty has drawn near. This one who has seen fit to dwell among us is the source from whom everything that exists derives its being. The everlasting word which was there at the beginning, has become flesh and dwelt among us. The divine spirit has clothed himself with human skin. This is the incarnation. It is what Professor Caroline Lewis deems the primary theological event in the Gospel of John. We speak of the incarnation when we confess our faith in the ancient creeds handed down to us. In the Apostles' Creed, we confess that Jesus is God's only Son, conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit. In the Nicene Creed, we confess that Jesus is of one being with the Father, begotten, not made. In his classic book, Mere Christianity, C.S. Lewis explains the difference between being begotten and being made. When one begets, or when someone or something is begotten, one gives or receives something of its own kind. A dog begets a puppy, a cat, a kitten, and a woman, a child. One begets something in its own likeness. And so when God begets, his son is born in Bethlehem. In contrast to begetting, you make something of a different kind from yourself. You produce a painting, you sculpt a statue, you carve a figurine. You make something similar to you, but it is not of you. It's not the same sort of being. Jesus was not a creating of God. He was begotten. As such, he was there in the beginning, the eternal word, with God and very God. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. This one who came forth from the Father was full of grace and truth. Moses, the main character of the Old Testament, gave the law, but Jesus brought grace and truth. So what does it mean that this only begotten one has entered into this very real world? On December 2nd of this year, the United States flies a B-1B supersonic bomber over South Korea as part of a massive combined aerial exercise involving hundreds of warplanes. The five-day drills began with more than 200 aircraft including six US F-22 and 18 F-35 stealth fighters. 
North Korea makes it clear that it hates these displays of American military might at close range and condemns them as invasion rehearsals. What does it mean that the only begotten one has entered into a very real world? On December 7th in the West Bank, troops fired water cannons and tear gas to disperse a crowd in Bethlehem just weeks before thousands of tourists are expected to arrive to celebrate the birth of Christ. What does it mean for the only begotten one to enter into a very real world? On December 8th, North Korea says a nuclear war on the Korean Peninsula has become a matter of when and not if. As it continued to lash out at the massive joint military exercise between the United States and South Korea involving hundreds of advanced warplanes. What does it mean that the only begotten one of God has entered into this very real world? It means that God has not given up on us. The word of God has come to dwell in our midst, to show us who we are, to teach us how to live with one another and to love each other. No one has seen God at any time The evangelist writes, the only son has explained him. And so when we see Jesus, we look into the very face of God. Show us the Father, and it will be enough for us, asks one of his disciples later on in this gospel, to which Jesus responds, anyone who has seen me has seen the Father. And when we receive Jesus, When we follow in his ways, we become more than what we are. No longer mere creations of God, we become children of God. It happens when we allow the only begotten one to do his work in us. And when that happens, when we allow the light which has come into this world to become light shining in us, And through us, the possibilities are endless in this very real world. As we continue to make our way through the account of the evangelist John, we will listen to words and see the actions of this incarnate one. May our meditations on these words and actions draw us into closer fellowship with our God into a deeper conviction of the tenets of our faith, and into a more steadfast commitment to follow in the steps of our Savior and Lord. We are on the eve of celebrating the Incarnation, heaven come down to earth. God grant that we might allow the Incarnate One to do his work in us, that God's kingdom might come and God's will be done on earth in heavenly ways. Amen. I invite you to stand for the hymn of the day of the Father's love begotten. The first verse will be sung as solo, as well as the last verse. The congregation is invited to sing verses 2, 3, and 4. Please stand.
Christ to thee with God the Father, and O Holy Ghost to thee. Him enchant and high thanksgiving, and unwearied praises be. Honor, glory, and dominion, and eternal victory, evermore and evermore. Amen. We now continue by confessing our faith using the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the power of the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended into hell. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Let us pray for the whole people of God in Christ Jesus and for all people according to their needs. Merciful God, we thank you for this day, for this congregation, Emmanuel Lutheran Church of Saratoga. We pray for your continued patience with us as we work to be your representatives in this community. Let your Holy Spirit touch each of us as we struggle to use the gifts you have given each of us to reach out to those who do not have a church home. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God, be with us as we enjoy the familiar customs of Christmas, as we interact with our families and our community. Give us the courage to reach beyond the partying and the gift-giving to dedicate our efforts to make 2018 a year of personal growth and love for our neighbors. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Gracious God, we live in a hectic world of political polarization, media frenzy, and global influences. Give us serenity to bear those things that we cannot hope to change. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. God of Abraham, don't let us miss you this Christmas season. Help us to simplify our activities and traditions so that we can focus our celebration on your birth. Thank you for being the Prince of Peace, and we ask you to grant us that supernatural peace to reign in our hearts. Thank you for the simple but life-changing message of your love for us. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. 
Merciful God, receive all our prayers, not as we ask in our sinfulness, but as you have promised through our Lord Jesus Christ, in whom name we humbly pray. Lord, in your mercy. Hear our prayer. Almighty God, we lift before you this morning those we hold dear in our hearts who are enduring challenging days. We lift before you Jacqueline Ishu, Dorothy Williams, Paul Brobst, Paul Spitzen, Dick Dickinson, Suzanne von Stern, Christian, Don and Marilyn Richardson, Jack Terrell, Jeanette Kunkel. Lord, you know the needs of all these, your children. We lift them up to you and thank you for your work in their lives. We celebrate with John and Dorothy Terrell as they celebrate 60 years of married life together tomorrow. We pray that you would continue to bless them and keep them in your loving care, to draw them close together as husband and wife and grant them treasured days ahead. We pray for Hope Lutheran Church in Santa Clara, for pastors John Sullivan and Jim Clark Moore, for the ministry taking place within and beyond that church body. We pray for all families who grieve the loss of loved ones, especially in this holiday season. We lift before you the family of Brooks Ton, Frank Maxey, Bill Williams, Jose Pasqual, and Laura Booth. Lord, you have all power in the universe. We pray that you would continue to lead and guide our leaders, especially here in our nation. We pray for President Trump and Vice President Pence, that your will would be done. And Almighty God, we pray for missionaries who bear your word in foreign lands, to the Stone family in Turkey, the Pixleys in Croatia, the Wicks in Cartagena, and the Shalhubs in the Middle East and North Africa. Lord, in your mercy. It is into your hands, O Lord, that we commend all for whom we pray. With these prayers spoken, the silent prayers of our hearts, and all those things which you know that we need, lifting before you, trusting in your mercy, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the peace of the Lord be with you always. And also with you. I invite you to turn to your neighbor and to share God's peace.
join together in the offertory prayer. We offer with joy and thanksgiving what you have first given us, ourselves, our time, and our possessions, signs of your gracious love. Receive them for the sake of him who offered himself for us, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. I would invite the congregation to once more join your hearts in prayer. I just received two green prayer requests that I would like to include. Let us pray. Almighty God, we pray for David and Laura Toll as they grieve the loss of David's father who died yesterday. We pray for the family of Beth Hanks as they grieve the death of Aunt Berthy, who died Friday. We pray that you would bind these families together in your perfect love. May they sense your presence, your comfort, your forgiveness, your reconciliation. These things we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. And now it is here in this place that we remember that in the night in which he was betrayed, our Lord Jesus took bread and gave thanks. He broke it and gave it to his disciples, saying, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Again after supper, he took the cup and gave thanks and gave it for all to drink, saying, This cup is the new covenant in my blood, shed for you and for all people for the forgiveness of sin. Do this in remembrance of me. We join together in our Lord's Prayer. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Congregation may be seated. This morning we will commune by intinction. We invite you to come forward down the center aisle to receive the sacrament. Uh, you will receive a wafer and may dip that into the wine or the grape juice which follows to receive both elements at the same time. After receiving the sacrament, you can return to your seats by way of the outside aisles. This is the Lord's table. All who believe in Jesus as your Lord and Savior are welcome to join in this Holy Communion. Please come. Marcy, this is the body of Christ given for you. The body of Christ given for you, Jim.
now the body and blood of our Lord Jesus Christ, bless you and keep you in his grace, now and forever. Amen. Please stand. Thank the Lord and sing his praise. Tell everyone what he has done. Let everyone who seeks the Lord rejoice and proudly bear his name. He recalls his promises and leads his people forth in joy with shouts of thanksgiving. pray. Pour out upon us the spirit of your love, O Lord, and unite the wills of those whom you have fed with one heavenly food. Through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord look upon you with favor and give you his peace. In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Our closing hymn this morning is number 45, O Come All Ye Faithful. We'll sing the first three verses.
And now go in peace and serve the Lord.